they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression and when it comes to game visuals that first impression is often the splash screen more than just a backdrop for the loading bar it's the gateway to the game's essence rolling out a virtual red carpet for players and often showcased prominently on the app store today we dive deep with matthias olivera a visual development maestro with credits for creating splash screens loved by audiences worldwide so sit back and enjoy the show hello hello let's meet our guest for today matheus olivera matheus is a brazilian artist he has previously worked with lots of brazilian studios like wondernot studios space sheep games taps games matheus has also briefly freelanced for zeptolab and he is currently based in finland working as senior game artist at rovio helsinki Matthias is very skilled with visual development and can do both character designs and environment design and he has made lots of splash screens for Angry Birds friends. How's it going? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. <laughs> It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Matthias, I have always admired the splash screens that you have on your portfolio and also the process and stuff. So I'm very keen to know all all the things that from your viewpoint mm-hmm. matters do not matter or your approach generally but before we go into those questions about process and things could you from your viewpoint because you have been doing this a lot mm-hmm. could you tell what according to you is the purpose of splash screen like what the fundamental purpose itself for a game i think to to be honest like in my my point of view that's the purpose is to engage the audience i think Uh, there's a bunch of like explanation about how to handle that in the business part like the idea of the business part is to sell is to sell the the, the product uh, but for the art i think this is a, is a good opportunity to expand the experience that we have with the the narrative with with the world building that we have in the game so i think this pretty cool window to show a bit more that we is not able to show inside of the game for example so to me is the, is the idea the principal idea is to engage more the audience in this beautiful story that we are creating with the with the game so yeah yeah i think that's an amazing example that you gave because a game could be limited in certain way from the camera from the gameplay but this is where you can use kind of like how those old 8 bit games and those uh from the 80s era were where yeah, exactly. uh, the games were so limited with the pixel art so you could try to picturize it in a very well painted uh, cover art for the for the cd cases and that's maybe also what the splash screens can st- still do do for you yeah exactly you know? exactly i think it's pretty cool thing about like when i was was younger uh like for example playing uh nintendo 46 games or uh playstation 1 for example we have a bunch of covers in the in the cd's and it was like super amazing because like it's crazy illustrations that makes me wants to play the game you know so i think part of the like the the splash screen nowadays is more digital thing is not actually a cover or something palpable that you can like go to the store and see that in in the in the shelf but like it's somehow do that part of the 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 this relation between player and the game so that's the first time that people are connecting uh, with the game. So I think it's super super cool way to engage people like oh look at how in- incredible this place is, uh, how incredible 
the experience of playing this game could be in your mind and probably somehow like feeling uh the the columns of imagination of the players as well as we have there's a bunch of like limitations and probably nowadays like for for triple way games we don't have that too much but for mobile or for retro games we have these like people usually use the the imagination to complete the experience with the game as well and that's part of the, the this relation that we have because we do that with mario for example like uh so giving a briefly that idea how this could be a great uh without this limitation of pixels for example it's a good thing to to complement the narrative and connect with the the direction of the game for example so Mm-hmm. Great. And those retro days, obviously the, the cover art, which is like in today's time with the digital art, like we are calling the splash screen, um, the art style was so different. Mm-hmm. But in today's time, when you, for example, are working on a project or you have seen many more games, do you think, is there any, uh, do you believe that the style of the splash screen should align with the game overall art direction? Or are there some liberties that you have to take or you can still go about approaching it differently than what the actual game visuals are. Yeah, I've, I have some kind of mixed feelings because like in, in the same way, I really like this idea of like, oh, when, when I went to the, to, the, to the shop and see the covers of PlayStation 1 games, I will see the beautiful illustration. And then when you go to play, it's a lot of low, uh, low poly models. And I was like, oh, where is my like beautiful image that I saw there? Um, I have these, these learning from the time of seeing that kind of stuff and consuming as well as a player, that uh, somehow this create a connection by the tone and the mood, I guess. So for me, it's it's yes and no because like the art direction is a super important thing. We need to connect that. We we need to to create a bridge between the the splash art with the game, but we don't need to be super tight to the to the die direction. So we have this possibility to engage more people and, and see how people could uh, somehow think about the game using this, this art. So I totally, I'm, I'm in between in this feeling, but I'm, I'm more in, in the side of don't need to be super tied to the art direction exactly, but mm-hmm. we need to connect with the tone and mood. Like it's impossible for us, for example, if we're going to, to do... Um, medieval game with super realistic assets inside of the game and do super uh, cute art, you know, like a super vector art with cute and, and beautiful colors. It's totally different of the mood, of the tone of the game. And that's, that's make the, the, that's break the connection of the player with the game. But if you use any, any different art style, but with the same mood or the same tone of, of the, the, the eye direction, I think it's, pretty cool thing because like you have this opportunity to to like show different ways to see uh that that art and uh, recently i see i'm seeing some games doing some some interesting thing about that like uh, inviting some different artists to give a, a vision about the game but totally connected with the tone and mood of the game. So that's not an a, a alien thing, you know? Like, it's not a totally different thing from the game, but it's a different art style. And it's super cool because, like, somehow this can be a collectible inside of the game or, or any different uh, ideas to, to make that happen without create that kind of, like, separation, you know? Mm-hmm. So essentially, you 
maintain the core feeling of the yes. game but then you take some leverage where let's say you can push the the expressions or the details a bit more the rendering can also be taken one notch up for example the camera and the storytelling can be a bit more dramatic and you also exactly. introduce some stuff just for the composition purpose and better storytelling about the same feature yeah exactly yeah. exactly that's the idea is to expand this experience not exactly totally separate the things so mm -hmm. uh, as we have some kind of freedom to do that kind of uh, images uh, this gave us some some opportunity to to play with different ways to see that that is situation that we have in the game so especially when for example mario or uh, any other game that have a super simple uh, simple you know like assets inside of the game but you have a, a huge and epic uh, image as a as a splash art so it's, i think it's it's pretty cool opportunity to create this like give more depth for the game you know mm -hmm. and what's your design workflow like like how do you start when you start on the work is it your own call on how you decide what you want to compose in the scene mm -hmm. what kind of tools do you use and what are the process stages basically and also the number of options you create in order to arrive at one final result mm -hmm. Uh, well, I have in mind, like I have two different process uh, usually to do my splash arts. Uh, the first one is more clear and straight line uh, because like you go there and do some sketchings. I, I really like uh, one part of the process is just doodling and take some notes. It's not about thumbnailing, but it's taking some notes basically, uh, but like drawing because like we are artists. So uh the idea is to try to simulate the this part of the process of the uh, animation industry called blue sky so you you have this idea this general idea of what you're going to do there probably that came from a script or a game designer give you some directions that we are going to use because we need to represent some feature or uh some principal idea for the game but all the the freedom you have you you can use to, to create a different compositions or different ideas or relation between the characters that we have over there. So in, in this moment, I, I really like to do some like stickmans, you know, like uh, trying to, to create different and crazy ideas with a lot of different, because like it's, it's doubling off of one minute, less than one minute. So you can try mm -hmm. different ideas to, to start to think about how you're going to like make it uh, beautiful in the final image mm. and then we go like mm. for example for research and have a bunch of reference in the in the middle of this process then you you i think you're you're more clear to go uh to thumbnails color color key and then like hander and finalize the image uh mm. th this one is my first and and principal process but i'm i've started to use some other tools as well uh, in my process because like especially working with game art is encouraged me to see more about the other processes and try to to use different kind of tools so there is no much separation like oh i just do 2 d art and, and i don't touch in 3d uh, uh tools or programs or whatever so i think everything is together like everything is a tool to do your stuff and then i start to to use vr uh, as Com uh, as a complement of my my process so basically in this blue sky process i start to do some notes and try uh, a lot of uh, different ideas then i go to vr make a, a simple uh, model 
of uh, the basic idea of what a, what a situation, where the, the, the characters are, and how this is going to work. And then with my eyes, I try to mimic, oh, how can I use the uh, uh, camera? And, and how this could be a totally different uh, composition and narrative, how, how I could uh, uh, play with this idea. Because living, like somehow living inside of your concept, you'll have better an idea how, uh, how your characters are living there or experiencing the situation. And then when, when I'm, I'm done with this part, I move that to Blender and in Blender I can compose and then I have this, the, the, the thumbnails. So uh, with this general idea of like this situation, I have different thumbnails, like four. Uh, I think the maximum is four because like more than that, is, it starts to be a bit overwhelmed for everyone that's going to help you to, to choose uh, the, the best one. So three or four is, is the maximum, at least. In, in my process and then you have a more more material to go to the color test and then uh, uh, step forward with the process mm. like finalize the image and, and hindering and whatever and all uh, of course all the parts of the process i'm using reference so every time my research is going over and over again uh, I, I don't have this like this idea of like oh i have some boxes in in in, in this ford process you know <laughs> So you go there and have these and these and these and this. I think it's more mixed, and then you have a clear vision of your process and when you're going to to uh, evolve in step by step. But all the time you're like collecting some different parts to compose your your process. So I think this is a pretty cool mm-hmm. way and more natural, I guess, to to go mm-hmm. with. So obviously, when you're exploring this uh, first stages, when you're going wild as a creative artist and trying around all the technological tools, as well as the amount of ideas you have for scenic composition. Mm -hmm. But during those stages, do you worry about the limitations from the end result, like things which are going to be important, for example, like the device constraint, the aspect ratios and uh, things, for example, where the logo might go, mm-hmm. where the the company logo has to go, the progress bar, the play button, like do you already frame them in mind or do you not worry about them as much and you think that you will figure out a way to mm-hmm. find the location and things, but right now it's just about ideas and explorations. I think in the first part of the process, it's pretty similar to the, to the animation industry because in the blue sky, they don't think about constraints in that part. Like the, these are, this part is just like brainstorming uh, different ideas, different possibilities. And then we start to think about how we're going to handle that difficulties of uh, adapting that art for the, the limitation that we have. But uh, after that, I, I already start to think about this, these uh, limitations because I think it's a, a funny thing but uh, if you don't mind uh, this limitation, like the logo uh, place, the aspect ratio, uh, the, the loading bar, for example, you're going to have uh, something that I call uh, Michael Wazowski problem. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but in the final of the first movie, Mike Wazowski and Sully was in the, in the cover of the magazine. But Mike uh, was covered by the, the, the barcode. So that's basically and literally going to happen with your flashcard. So if you don't mind uh, how everything is, is like in the, in the screen, because it's part of your composition as well. I, I don't think we, we can forget about that. Uh, but probably your character will be covered by the logo, for example. So that's super uh, normal to, to happen. 
because we don't mind or or we just forget about like think about how this is going to be applied over there and that's all, i think that's all the part we we learn about like working with game art as well it's because not everything that we create it's it's going to work in the final in the final result so you need to test that like uh, even though it's oh i have these cats i i i go through all the the process i i uh, uh, talk it with my colleagues here. We try to see everything that's my concept is beautiful. But when you put that inside of the game, there's a bunch of constraints that will appear up there. So you just need to test that and see how this is going to work. So basically, to avoid my Kwasowski issue, you need to consider this constraint, you know? So, yes, yes. Like, the, in, yeah. especially in a thumbnail, I think that's the, the, the part that I, I start to figure out the composition as a whole thing, as a, as a final result inside of the game, not actually just a beautiful image in my computer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing metaphor. I'm going to use it if I ever get trapped in this kind of situation <laughs> where I have to give an example about the Mike Wazowski kind of scenario. <laughs> and uh, that is great. That is great. And... From your line of work, like the way you approach and obviously you have your own taste and style and things like these, what's your aesthetic considerations and is there something where you go like going minimalistic versus maximalist or anything that you really focus on the color psychology and storytelling? I've seen that in your work there are always, or maybe in most cases, there are always dynamic composition. Mm -hmm. So are, are these like aspects and um, the these aesthetic considerations part of your taste or are they subjected to what the product requires and you sometimes can also go for something very simple which is like a flat perspective mm-hmm. uh, straightforward characters in the scene um, I think that's that's uh, that's a tough question I guess because for example when we're going to do why splash art, and we have this idea of like, how could I ex- uh, expand this experience of like uh, doing a great image for the game? Uh, we could have this possi- as a possibility to, to create a, something different or something slightly new for the game as well. So for example, when, when we are talking about like Angry Birds, we have this flat composition and it's super cool if we have, we have more dynamic composition because it's a different thing that we're going to see inside of the game so basically it's more um it's pretty more cool to to the player to see that so it's it starts to create some kind of eye direction for the splash art itself not exactly that's that's tied to the to the to the game but it's it starts to create some kind of language for this this type of image for the game and then i totally start to considering that I think the, the principal thing is about like the mood and, and tone that I, I said before, uh, because we need to, to somehow continue with, with the idea of the game. So oh, if our theme is uh, uh, a super uh, enjoyable thing, it's super lovely and cute and funny, and then it's, it's hard to use, to use uh, darkest colors or a huge contrast, like, you know, it's, because it's about the mood, it's about the, the, the tone you're creating with your image. So I think that the principal aesthetic consideration is about like, how could I, I um, enforce this idea of the game um, without like broke this bridge between the game and the splash art and especially enforce the message that we have with the game as well. Oh, that's super silly game. So yes, I need to be silly with my composition as well. I need to be silly with my colors. I need to be to to 
to be more conscious about like the mood that I'm creating over there. And of course, if we have a, a super funny game, it's super seedy, but like it, it's in a, a totally different environment, for example, a horror, a Halloween team, for example. But we need to create that, uh, use these, these tools, use this piece of like a uh, um, film, but to put in, in this situation, like, oh, my character is super silly in a, in a cemetery, for example. So you need to balance that kind of stuff. So uh, probably for me, at least, like the aesthetic considerations about like how we could uh, use everything that I can to reinforce and, and, and put more power in, in this kind of like boom or, or idea or crazy idea, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this reminds me of the Hard Head Squad project from Rovio mm -hmm. where we were working on and it was a very action theme game, uh, which was... Uh, set in 80s and all the action heroes and stuff and therefore wherever we were putting them in any scenario it could be even like they're maybe resting and watching television mm -hmm. we tried to maintain that silliness and the the boldness of those characters and action themes so maybe the the sofa is extremely pressed down because of the weight of the character and and the uh, the bottle of soda can is like just lying around. So lots of those things which can uh, associate with the, the temperament of your game and the, the storytelling that you want to do, even in dealing with different scenarios. So indeed, I agree. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, that's super cool because like I always like to use Akira Torayama as a reference because he's a genius for me. Like uh, if you go to see Koa or uh, Dr. Slump or even, even Dragon Ball, you can see this different of uh, mood or ideas going through the whole uh, uh, as a in the, in the show you know like you have uh, some situations when the father of of the Arale, he is he wants to be charm to the to the woman and like the face totally changed so he's super cartoony but in some point he's just like a super realistic uh character draw by by Akira Torayama and it's totally a fit with the idea of the, the project. It, it totally works as a, as, a, as a joke, you know? So I think that's a really good thing when you have this possibility or you can read how, how your projects have these um, limits and you can test it, you know? Like, so for example, we have this Koa, that's a super funny character. And there is a ghost, this is super, uh, is a, uh, a friend of Koa. Koa is a vampire, and the and the the ghost one, he has a a, pecu a peculiar thing that's super simple thing, but it's super funny. He has a peculiar thing every 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 time that he's super afraid, he farts. For like for that that's the 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 joke. So you can see that it's about monsters. the The manga is about monsters, and it's super like could it be a super serious thing, you know, super deadly thing, but it's a a simple that's like it's super a joke you know you, you're just humanizing these these creatures and giving super human feelings for that and and super silly so the idea is not to break this idea of like oh we are we are using cemetery here we are using uh, uh monsters we we have these how can i say background about like bad things you know but i can totally um how can i say take these, these, these stereotypes and, and use it in different way to make the fun, to make this uh, be super interesting to see, you know? And I think that's a, a same thing for when you're doing everything that you're in, in your game. You have 
uh, serial subjects that we can just go there and fold and create something funny or totally different and use this as a poem, use this, that as a joke uh, to create something more uh, delightful, you know. Right. And how collaborative is this process of creation of a splash screen? Is it more like just one or two artists who created or... Uh, obviously, sometimes from uh, from a general mobile game development mm -hmm. environment, they could be uh, it could be coming from the release calendars or all of those things related to what the uh, the product team feels that we have to prepare for this event. So their inputs and all, I'm keeping them aside, and I'm wondering more from the process of creation of work. Mm -hmm. Is it just one or two artists who create the entire splash screen, or does the work get distributed between? someone specialized into character design for that game will come in and do the character character part. Mm -hmm. Someone else will do the splash screen, uh, color key, and uh, marketing artists will do some bit of their work. Mm, I, yeah, I think that depends of the company, right? Uh, because like there, there's company that's totally uh, separate the steps. So uh, one artist is going to go there and do the character design and the color scheme and the thumbnails and the hindering, or like we're going to work as a team for make parts of the, the illustration as well. We put everything together and that, that's totally work. But most of the time I just see one artist doing everything. So from the beginning to the final, like uh, we have these, these need of like character design and environment design, but it's part of the game usually. Like usually they have this ready and you have these as a consultant, like, uh, like like images a reference that you can use to to do your work and then you have this idea of like proportions colors and what what's the the how did the character in the in the the turntable and you can see everything that you need and you can you can use everything that you need to to do the the art but mostly like one like it's super hard but like sometimes two artists doing uh, uh mm. a whole image you know Mm -hmm. uh, agree. It has to be, I mean, maybe you can do a bit of like work sharing by, but there has to be one person who is going to own the entire vision about this yeah. thing and lead this all entirely. So yeah, they, they may get some support for, for example, uh, let's say the splash, uh, splash artist is not the best character designer. Mm -hmm. In that case, maybe they will still own the entire work but maybe they will do their loose sketch of the character and then they will rely on the character designer's abilities to put that character into the right model and make it for, for example, either in line work or in 3D modeling. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, even though like it's just one artist working in this image, that's that's a, a teamwork thing. So every time you're going to show some progress, you have some feedback. So. Probably there's a, a character design that's going to see there and see, oh, probably there's a little bit of model. You you just need to to adjust that and how we're going to thinking about like the other aspect of the image as well. So composition or hindering or illumination, you know. So a lot of, of different parts of the process, there's a bunch of people just seeing. And I think one one great thing about uh, about it as well, that's collaborative way to work is not even artists could uh, give some like uh, feedback about this. So even though like the game lead or the, the game designer or uh, the level designer, the QA could uh, say like, oh, maybe I don't, I don't 
like too much this this idea or we could have put that in in this way because like can reinforce this idea that you have so the idea of co have collaboration is not like about oh i'm just going to going there to hear my artist friend saying how much i i I, I'm great doing my stuff, but have a, a real vision about like, oh, maybe that that art is not working as we expected because we have this this vision of artists or, or player or whatever. But when uh, someone outside uh, of your point of view, uh, uh, how can I say, see the same thing or see how could uh, 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 improve the process, it's a pretty good thing. And I, I really like this, this uh uh, this collaboration collaboration process of like improving the, the work, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, not just on splash screen, but almost everything related to game art, the outsider's perspective sometimes bring in so valuable insights, yeah. which maybe the entire art team has been working. Like, uh, like you said, I mean, we have been like we as an artist, we think a lot. Obviously, I mean, we also take care of a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and uh, absolutely create the the best from what the team can really do. But sometimes we get really very attached with a particular, like, let's say how the character is looking so great or the, uh, the color scheme is looking good. So we start to evaluate more from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes someone else, like, uh, for example, how you said, like a level designer can come in and bring in a very critical point about why this thing is working and not working. Mm -hmm. And it could be like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot about it. And yeah, it, it now no longer makes any sense. So mm. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But in that case, yeah, uh, in in that case, like, what's the what's the typical review cycle? What's the uh, approval basis for for your work? Like, when you're doing it, uh, for instance, game lead, art director, product IP owners, marketing lead, who all need to give you a thumbs up in order to confirm that this flash screen is moving forward. Most of the time, it's just the art direction. Like the art director, mm -hmm. you're going to give your the thumbs up. But I think this idea of a collaborative uh, uh, environment. Uh, there's uh, create some kind of like general thumbs up, you know, like see if, if the team is okay with that, I think we are okay with that. Isn't, we don't have uh, too much uh, problems with that, but probably the eye director will, will give more super, like you, you're going to, there in, in the pain point, you know, like, oh, maybe that's that color is not going, um, not having this, this readability that we want or how we could uh, like improve this hinder here and, this kind of stuff, but probably when 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 we are sharing this with your your team as a whole, you have this general thumbs up, and and I think that's the best uh, process because it, it's not about like oh I need to I need to please that that people you know like I, I'm going to show my art for that art direction if if the art director loves it it's okay like the idea is to to do something to the game, to the project, and everyone is working in the project as well. So I think people like to be part of the process. And it's super cool when we have this kind of exchange of experience. And when everyone is thumbs up, we are thumbs up, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And timeline-wise, is the production of Splash Screen typically tight deadline? Or because it's a, such a key asset, do the splash artists generally receive a good amount of time to produce the highest quality of work? I think most of the time uh, people know how hard it is to do that kind of work and we have more time to work on it. But uh, that's totally the pain of the schedule. That's the pain of uh, uh, when, in, in, in which situation you have uh, 
you need to do that image because like, uh, for example, we have a, a tournament or we have a, a, a new thing that's going to the game super like in one week. We need this image, super beautiful image in one week. What what we are going to do? Like we, we need to organize ourselves to, to handle that kind of short time uh, process. And one thing that I learned with in, in this time, especially with Mark, Mike Azevedo. Mike Azevedo is a Brazilian artist. Uh, he's super, super, super great. He's a master for most of the Brazilian artists. He do a bunch of uh, uh, splash, splash art for Riot and now for Supercell as well. And he taught me something that makes me think about like about that because I was like, oh, maybe sometimes I, I just have one or two weeks to do on my image and, I, and like, it's super hard to to take care of everything. It's super complicated thing to do a splash art. Uh, there's a bunch of things that you need to consider it. And then he told me like, oh, it, it's better if you if you're going to to take off to cut off a, a tree. It's better you sharp your your X more time. You spend more time sharpening your X than uh, and take the tree with one hit uh, instead of like trying to sharp just a little bit and try with the brute force. So you need to, to respect the process and then you make it works like inside of the time, the time that you have to do that thing. And probably you're going to have a better result uh, in the final. So that's the idea. I think the, the best time that we could have to do an image is barely one month of work and you can do that healthily, <laughs> you know? So. Uh, with good sleep and good food and, you know, <laughs> with with the whole process. Yeah. But like, if you don't have that mu uh, much of time, you can just try to to be care of the process and do that uh, as better as, as we can. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to use your metaphor on what you just described about the, if you have to cut the tree, then you uh, spend most amount of time on uh, sharpening the X blade mm -hmm. and then, then you do the hit. Let's say, like every picture has a key message, isn't it? Like every visual, every artwork that we create, it tries to communicate something. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is equally integral and important for a splash screen. Like you are doing a lot with the splash screen in order to promote your game, like like we talked about, make it appealing. You also show the game game elements. You show what the storyline is and everything, but still every splash screen tries to tell one key message. Sometimes let's say like what you said about like we are introducing a new tournament to the game mm -hmm. or a new feature is coming in. And then the splash screen purpose is to emphasize on that and has to uh, focus around it. So how do you arrive at those key message? And is that something that you are solely responsible by yourself or it's a lot of discussion where you do. So basically sharpening the X before hitting the tree, how much of energy and effort goes into what do we want to tell from that key picture? And here is my idea. How about we do this and agreeing on those things before actually jumping into starting to make any production? Yeah, I think that's part of my other answer about like this collaborative uh, environment. So the discussion about to be to begin some an idea or feature or whatever i think even even if i'm i'm not a game designer but i i'm part of the discussion as well i need to understand and have the feeling that the the the, the people is trying to create over there uh, 
So if you're going to the splash chart and we need to reproduce that kind of like connection or uh, message that we, we need to, to put there, we have this background, you know? So that's easier way to start to sketching or have an ideas. But I think the principal thing is about like have this conversation uh, with, with the team. So the level designers or the game designers or the eye directional, the game lead, or even though the developers could uh, have be part of this conversation because everyone is doing the same thing. We are doing the same project. So the idea is not to like, oh, I, I, I we have this feature and do whatever you want, but like using, uh, like we just need to have this feature over there. It, it, that's okay. No, I, I think the idea is to put everyone in the same page. So with this exchange of information, we, we usually uh, have, have this like X more sharply, you know? <laughs> so every, everything is together. Everything is, is cohesive with the idea of the feature and the splash chart. So I, I think this is more about like this collaboration uh, thing instead of like a oh, super, I have the recipe of the treasures here, you know? So mm. just conversation, mm. you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And obviously you work in an environment and you work at a workplace where you have lots of creative people. Mm -hmm. They're very professional. They know a lot of things. They can visualize a lot of things. But is that artistic struggle of like, I mean, in many cases, artists create some really crude thumbnails or make some very... Uh, very rough sketches mm -hmm. to project about a vision. And in those cases, if you're making four to five options, let's say as a scribbles, and you believe that one of that scribble has more potential, but it's not convincing the, mm. the art director to choose as an option to proceed forward because of the, the looseness in it or because the details are not uh, detailed out yet. So are there these kind of challenges that come in in the early prototyping when you are trying to make a sketch and it's not getting validated, but you personally believe that if this is approved, I know I can deliver uh, the end result in the the expected quality. Yeah, I think I think yes, that's that's super common thing to happen. I think there there's two ways to handle that kind of situation. Is uh, the first one is basically, I, I think that it's part of the experience. You you just need to understand what exactly the environment and what a, what a type of people that you're working with, and because uh, there's different. People that are going to have more will be more sensible about these. Like, ah, if you if you show some sketches, people you understand that is as sketch, and people understand that's part of the process of doing something, you know. And then, uh, that that I think that's part. You 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 start to understand what exactly the point of the your sketch or the process you can show that you're going to to show the people uh, the the real. Um, value of, of your piece, you know? And the other part is just show something that you're proud of, you know? Like you're you're going to show three versions. Uh, uh, make sure that you like the three versions. Make sure that's the best three version that you can do. Then ev every, mm -hmm. uh, which, which version that people uh, uh, choose, you're happy and you're okay to go forward with your process. I think that's a good, a, a good cool tip because usually people was like, oh, I did three or four versions and people just choose the, the, the worst one. I hate this. I was like, why you show that? Why you you're give this as, as a possibility to, to, to choose that? So 
focus and, and do uh, the process be something that you are proud of as well. We, we are just not aiming for the final result. We are, we are using the process to make the final results a good thing. So uh, I think that's, that's the, be the best uh, way to handle the, this situation because people will have different visions about the process, especially no artists, no, no artist people. And it's super common to people like, oh, how, where's the colors with this sketch? Where, I, I don't see the colors here. That's super boring. And well, that's a sketch. We are here in the part of the part of the process and, and can be it uh, or time as sometimes, sometimes it's good to educate the people as well, like explain, oh, okay, that's part of the process and that's okay. We are just seeing uh, the beginning of the idea and that's going to have that, that kind of hindering or that kind of colors or stuff like that. But part of uh, uh, the, the other process, I think it's more safe to, to have like, oh, you just show everything that you're super proud of and people you choose and people you discuss. Uh, over something that you really like. So you can go forward in, in, in the easier way, I guess. Yeah, love it. I completely agree with this whole loving every option that you're creating and doing the best towards mm -hmm. it. It's a very important aspect uh, in order to balance and be fair and also meet these situations where the option that gets selected was not of your liking and uh, yeah, moving forward. So Yeah. Um, and... Splash screens are themed a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, like when the, you have to match them with the seasons and the calendar event like Halloween and winter season, holiday season. So do you design the art with this in mind or that they are like modular and easy to customize later? Mm -hmm. Or is it like generally that you approach with a completely new visual? Um, and sometimes when you have to reskin them, do you enjoy that process of reskinning also that poses some interesting challenges on how you're going to uh, continue on a visual which was previously made, not keeping the seasonal theming in mind, but now you are entirely adopting it to, let's say, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Olympic season or whatever, this and that? Or do you prefer that, no, uh, we have to put this aside. I want to create a completely new visual thinking from the concept just to fit with this theme. Yeah, I think this is in, in the between of these two ways of handle stuff. Like that's super common to reuse stuff. That's super common to create some kind of library. You, you don't need to cut every asset that you're, you're doing in your splash screen, but somehow sometimes it's super, uh, uh, it's way easier to go there and take one part of the, uh, a cloud or a background and adapt that to a, a new image. But I think the idea to create something totally new, it's always better. Like you can reuse and, and, and uh, use that as a tool to complement your, your illustration. But uh, the idea needs to be fresh, you know, like we can reuse some like, oh, for example, uh, we have a, a Halloween uh, splash screen that we, we did last year. And we can take that as a base and create something new in, uh, over that. Uh, but like the idea is fresh, you know, the composition is yeah, a little bit more fresh compared to the another one. So because the players, the players notice that kind of stuff, like people, uh, the players usually like to see fresh stuff in the game. And I think that's a super important, important thing for the product. Oh, my language is sometimes it's hard, but yeah, um, it's super important for the product as well, because it's, it, 
it's create an image that you care about, like what you're doing over there. So every time you have a, something new, the players feel uh, um, the, the care that you put in the image. Uh, the company showed that uh, to the players as well, like, oh, okay, we are doing something new to you. Like we, we, we are, we care about like the players. We care about how we, we are handle that new tournament or new feature or whatever. So new things is always good, but we need to be realistic and, and understand how we could uh, do new things without uh, overkill, you know? Like you need to handle, you, ne you need to think about the time that you have, uh, how could I uh, uh, improve that process? Uh, that's basically happened to me when I was starting to use 3D because 3D empowered me to put more uh, crazy stuff in my composition without increasing the time of production. So it was like a win-win situation. Um, okay, I can put more, more peaks now. I can put more rocks. I can put more different and, and crazy stuff because like the 3D is saving me a lot of time. And understanding my process and improving my process, I can do different new things all the time that I need to do new things because like I'm trying to reuse this uh, as a library or I'm trying to use a new tool that you will save me a bunch of time that it's totally different if I would, uh, for example, try to draw by hand every rock I'm putting in this composition or every perspective, perf perfect perspective in my image as well. So everything is, is kind of like balancing how you're going to handle that situation. Mm. Is there any scratch screen from your past projects, like the task that you've done, which you know was the most successful, successful one? And um, was there any special effort that you did toward it? Or was it just some magic inside it? What were the key elements that contributed it to become the, the most favorite one among the team as well as also with the players? Mm, well, that's, that's a really tough one. Because like, uh, or maybe your favorite one, like is yeah. uh, looking at all of the works that we have done in the past, is there a favorite splash screen created by you, which you know that, yeah, I learned a lot. There was something charming. And I, even if I pick it up and look at it today, mm -hmm. I very feel proud about it. Yeah. I, I made one. It was like about a tournament that we are working on. We've have a collaboration with the players. So the players basically draw in the paper the levels and send to the level designers and the level designers uh, uh, convert that for, for the game. And then I made uh, a huge table with uh, the birds uh, flying over the, the blocks of wood. And I, I really like the illumination of the scene as well. And the, and the pixels is going crazy around of the table. And I think this was super cool because like totally connect of this idea of like people outside of the company are doing the levels and play with this idea that is a, 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 a huge sandbox, you know? Like the, the birds and the pigs is, is a, a sandbox for the image. And at least that's my favorite one. And, and people usually like that, that one as well, that it was it won, uh, an image that I don't use 3D at all. Like it was like basically magic. I, I went to the flow and just go, you know? And the, the image was done. I was like, oh, that's kind of magic thing. And, and uh, I, I really like this one. But like the successful, uh, the, the more uh, successful splash art, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say like. Mm -hmm. I, no, but I remember the one that you're referring to, the one where 
uh, all the piggies have surrounded around the exactly. table and it's like a tabletop game with uh, the miniature uh, view and some of the pigs have that expression about oh this is happening to yeah, us exactly exactly it's, it's hilarious <laughs> that way <laughs> yeah what are the uh, like uh, let's talk about some mistakes mm-hmm. uh, what are the things which um, someone should avoid incorporating into a splash screen what are the things which can lead to a failure like a pitfall um I think there there's something that I really I really love to 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 thinking about and I think I learned that with Nintendo is about like you don't need to be to go super crazy with stuff to be good. You you don't need to complicate things to be good. So I think one of one of the principal things that I I, I learned about doing splash art is about that like we, we, you don't need a, a super depth history or or idea or crazy stuff to to have a good image you you can be simple like the simple is good enough to make something cool so i think that the first one is that like don't be don't complicate your process don't complicate the the uh, the the colors that you're going to use don't complicate the the number of lights that you're going to put in your composition and uh, don't need to complicate too much your composition you know so uh, uh simple ideas could have the possibility to make everything super super sharp and beautiful for your image and in and then another one is about like the process itself like you you don't need to to jump the steps of the process I, I'm fighting against that all the time, like because I, I want to see the final result as soon as possible. But that's that's the thing that Mike uh, told me about, like the the X. I need to sharp, spend more time sharpening my X. Sharpening my X is 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 about like I need more time thinking about the color scheme of my image. I need more time thinking about the values. I need more time thinking about how the the light will. It works better here, and not think, not just thinking about the hinder, because like, I think part of this world of the uh, uh, splash arts, uh, especially because it it was super popular, uh, popular popularized. I don't know if it's a, a word, but it's a it's a popular thing because of the riot, you know. So everyone is super passionate about like the hinder they have over there. Oh, these metals is super, super realistic, and we love this kind of stuff. So people just forget about all the other parts that make the, the image beautiful as well, like the composition, the the lights, um, the idea behind of the, the 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 image as well. I think that's more important thing about like the the splash art is a, is about like what is what what the story you're telling here. What what is the idea behind that? And not exactly about like the hinder. The hinder is is polishing. Is if it's just the 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 spice you're putting uh, in the final of the of your plate, you know. Uh, so so I think that's that's the principal thing for me. Avo- avoid mistake is about like respect your process, you know. Respect the time you need to do the thing, and ask for help. Like if if you need, you can go there and talk about uh, about your uh, uh, constraints or problems that you're you're having with your process, with your eye director, with your friends. Uh, like you don't need to handle everything alone, you know, like it, that's part of the, the art community thing. Everyone already had these kind of problems and that's okay. You don't know like the uh, how to handle or how to, to do the best composition ever or the best uh, uh, 
combination of colors because everyone is struggling a little bit of this and everyone is evolving like trying to be to be the best of itself like every day so i think that's that's part of the thing respect yourselves and respect the process I, that's the the way to avoid uh, mistakes in the process i guess mm. um i can see from your background as well as like your test and stuff you have been following the the cover art and then recently in the splash art you have researched a lot about uh, splash art when you're creating your own work mm -hmm. and i'm sure you have been following a lot from the industry in the last years as well yep. is there any kind of like evolving trend in the splash screen on how they have been been done in the last few years uh, it could also be about the frequency like um, they are now refreshed much more faster as compared to like a game having a splash screen permanently for many years so what's the what's the change in the trend and uh, the game development has moved mm -hmm. and changed a lot so has it affected in a certain way for the splash screens as well yeah i well i think the game industry uh, they are doing art for a long time but we have this this example as right games uh make the, the splash arts popular because it's totally attached to the schemes and the, the business uh, way to handle that kind of product. So it's a, it's a free to play game and you need to have these skins and it's super beautiful thing. And if they use the splash arts to sell uh, these skins and of course to show more about the story, about these characters and about these uh, 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 decisions that they are doing for the game. And, and that's pretty cool. But uh, in the beginning, I think it was like super uh, minimal amount of, of splash art that people are doing. But at the moment, it's a lot. You, you, you go, can go at the art station and see a bunch of different art styles, uh, a bunch of different uh, images that people are doing for different games. Because uh, Riot make this uh, uh, a successful case, you know? Like people see like, oh, if I can put some effort doing a great image, I can sell better my product, I can sell better my game. And people usually have some kind, create some kind of connection with, the, with my characters, with my game in general, and, and people will like it. So that somehow is spread to the whole industry of using that as, as a way to create this approximation with the players as well. So that's super common to, to see right now, a bunch of different games doing the same thing. Like not actually just for schemes because that's totally dependent of the type of type of game you're doing, uh, but for for moments, you know, like ah, you have a new tournament, you have a new feature, you want to to make your game uh, feels fresh, so people just go there and do so. And and of course, most of the 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 art that people are doing is came from Riot as well because people had this uh, as a reference, like oh. Everything that they do is super cool. Everything uh, about the composition, the color, the hindering, and how the, the characters are the, the principal actors of these uh, scenes as well. It's super cool. So how could uh, we use that to uh, improve our experience with our uh, product or our game as well? So I think that's the, the right basically create the trend. And then I think at the moment it's starting to create some ramifications because there's a different games like uh, cartoon games as well cannot use the same language as Riot because Riot have a, another mood, another tone that that's came from came uh, to the beginning of your conversation about like how people connect 
these images with the product we have, uh, the, the image with the ideas in this story we have in the game. So to, nowadays, we, it's super easy to see super funny and colorful and, and crazy image. It's not about like just a, a super bad guy and bad woman with huge muscles and power, you know, like because it's totally attached to the game. But that I think that's that's basically the train that was created. And now it's just like going forward because it's super cool for everyone, you know. What's your prediction for the future of splash screens? Do you foresee the role of splash screens evolving with the advancement in technology? Uh, like with the rise of AR and VR, mm -hmm. do you see the splash screen adopting to these sort of platforms also? Yes, yes, totally yes. I think, as I said, like I, I use VR in my process to create the images. But for example, if, we're, if we, are, uh, we are talking about like VR games, we are not going to use the image, you know, like probably there's a scene, like, but that idea of like, you're representing your game, you're representing uh, a situation there, I think it's total, totally doable these days. So when, when you, you put your, uh, your VR and waiting the game to load, probably you will be in the, in a, uh, in an environment that it's like something is happening in, in a while it's, it's loading. So that's somehow the way people use splash arts these days. So mm. I think that's probably going to, to adapt for the more, uh, more ways to apply that kind of uh, a concept of splash art, not exactly the image itself, but uh, different ways to show this idea of like uh, presenting more characters, uh, situations, and, and making people more engaged with the, the, the game. Mm. In your work as well, I've seen that you just don't rely on a static screen, but there is some sort of like a motion graphic test that you do on your work. Uh, is that on purpose for the actual functionality and implementation or is it more like just in order to put you into that world and imagining it and those are the trial and test runs that you do just for yourself mm, i think it's part of two things like first because i really like this kind of stuff so i i i'm super uh interested with different ways to do art and animate and, and stuff like that but for the players, I think it's pretty cool as well because when you have something slightly animated or especially because like Riot do, did that in the past as well. Like, uh, I don't know if it's a, a thing nowadays, but like in the past, when you're going to, to play League of Legends and we open the, the, the HUD, you have the splash screen animated. It's super cool because like, oh, that's, wow, that's alive, you know? So that's pretty cool. And I think that's totally work for marketing side as well. Uh, you know, like if, even though like if, if someone is waiting to, to the mobile game uh, load and something is like animated, it's pretty cool because like that's interesting how this could be more and more palpable. And as, was, as you said about the immersion, uh, you know, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And I think that's pretty cool to, yeah. to, to, to be, to have. No, and I enjoy to see that in, in your work. And I'm sure, like you said about the marketing, like it can bring a lot of value to even the ads and trailers or uh, which you're launching. So something moving, it's very cool. Yep. What, and this is more like a closing question. Mm -hmm. 
what are your favorite splash screens uh, something that inspires you and you admire a lot it could be also out from mobile game just in general yeah i i separate some some images here that i probably can can send that to you as well but i have two uh three uh, uh favorite artists that mainly do uh, splash screen the first one is mike azevedo because it Brazilian and and he just basically uh, uh, present this this world to a bunch of Brazilian artists as well, and it's super cool to see someone so so humble to show uh, the process and 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 teach people how to to do the thing, and everything that he does is super super beautiful and and uh, lovely, and and he has a um, a company nowadays called Mars Studios. That you're doing, that is doing some stuff for I don't know Valor and Supercell for Clash Royale and uh, some stuff for Riot as well. And everything that these people do, I just love. You know, like everything is super beautiful. You you can see the the care about the about the art. You know, the 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 craft of art. So everything is super cool. And there's another two artists that I really like. It's Suki. And uh, Victor Mauri, both uh, was working at at uh, at Riot, and Suki has an image about V that there's a character from League of Legends, and V uh, he's fighting against a uh, golem, a blue golem. That's a part of the feature in the, in the game. But in the game, it's like you know, it's super teeny in the in the in the screen. It's super cool. Like oh, you go there and kill this this uh, monster, and you have a buff, so you improve your in, in your gameplay. But he made the 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 splash screen something super super epic, and and that's the thing. Like we we can discuss about uh, about and 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 see more about what we are talking in this in this uh, image because. He's basically expanding the, the experience. Like the, the character and the golem have the same the same size in the game. But in the splash screen, the golem is huge and the character is super teeny. Like, oh, I need to defeat this giant and it's super epic. And like you, you can do that, you know? And then when you're going to play the game, you feel like that in, in this scene. Like you feel like, oh, I am this character and I'm going to defeat this monster, this huge monster. That makes me super engaged. So that I'm, I'm really, really love this this image, and Victor Mauri have have a, another one from Warwick that I really like the hinder, and I really like how simple is the composition. Like uh, mostly of the the splash art from Riot is is uh, character um, focus, so there is no need to huge uh, composition or different stuff going there going around. Because the idea is to to take take attention, to pay attention for the, the character, you know. So I, I really love how uh, he made the the Warwick. He's super close to the to the to the camera, and even though it's just one character, no much motion. You have a lot of depth. You have a dynamic way to see the character. So there's a bunch that we can like learn about this kind of composition. Again. That's super simple and super well done, super well done, and make you feel like oh, that's super super aggressive, you know, like you you totally understand the character, and that's that's cool for me. So I think that's one of my most um, favorite images in the all time, I guess. <laughs> Amazing. 
those who are listening on the audio, uh, please go to the YouTube video where I'm going to put the the screens which Matthias is right now talking about. And uh, that's it. I think this was really, really very insightful and uh, such an amazing experience talking to you about Splash Screen and we learned a lot. So this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Matthias, uh, for your time and the great insights. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, again, like I'm, I'm honored to to be here and, and say something about my time experience with this Splash Sharp, but it's super cool to, to be part of the project. So all good. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my honor as well. And I'm going to link your art station and LinkedIn on the description so people who want to connect with you, they can reach out. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you.